Welcome to the special end of year edition of Design Your Life with me, Vince Frost. First of all, thanks to all of our incredible guests and listeners. 2021 has been a huge year full of change for all of us, and we are privileged to have you with us as we navigate this complex world of ours. What I love about making this podcast is how we connect with people all over this world, and I hope it helps us all realize we're not alone in our quest for trying to design a better world. It's about helping each and every one of us design a better life and learning from others and doing things better. I'm always inspired hearing stories of how people have had a tough time and taken inspiration from their challenges and used their creativity to overcome them. I've learned that these creative solutions born from adversity benefit the individuals who create them and often the rest of us can learn from them too. It shows that even people who we put on a pedestal struggle and they're really just everyday people having a go. For us at Frost Collective, 2022 will be focused on using our absolute creativity to drive positive change. As we find ourselves on the cusp of a better year, we're optimistic and joyfully anticipating the feeling an original idea brings. We've proven design can change behavior, and at a time when bold thinking is what's needed to make a real impact, we're determined to push the power of our collective spirit for good. The most impactful and uplifting work we do is thanks to our collaborators and our clients and with people and businesses doing good in the world. Our role in our client success comes down to our partnerships and the understanding that businesses need to balance purpose with profit. Using our business as a force for good has always been important to us, even before we became B Corp certified. To put it simply, we believe we can all play a part in designing a better world. This is a vision shared by many of our guests I've spoken to on the podcast this year. When looking at everything we recorded in 2021, we realize a common theme throughout every episode is the potential of creative ideas to solve the problems our world faces today. And perhaps of equal importance is the desire to bring joy to life in everything that we do. I'd love to share with you some of the moments I found most inspiring from conversations I've had on the podcast this year. From Carl Fender's thoughts on how we can make the world a better place, to Yasmin Gonim on growth, and Flax Studio on human connection. From Koichi Takada on nature in the built environment, to Sarah Beard on changing the behaviors, and Conrad Bergstrom on balancing sustainability with profit. I'll let them do the talking. And I was doing my first house. That was a hell of a challenge. Mm-hmm. I had no idea where I would be in 50 years or what I'd be doing. Mm. It was that challenge at the time that fully absorbed me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's how it's gone all my life, that I haven't actually worked to this point where I thought that in, in this amount of time, this is who I would be, mm-hmm. what I would be doing, and how I would be doing it. Mm-hmm. I think that um, if you have a set of skills in a certain direction, you work those skills and you learn those skills as best you can Mm -hmm. to the best of your ability Mm -hmm. and you keep going. And that collectively keeps making the world a more innovative, you you know, you're one little grain of sand in the world that's trying to do what you do as well as you can and that all leads to a communal improvement in everything. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, mm-hmm. hopefully. So in 50 years' time, I suppose, I can't really 
I wouldn't predict what the world would be like, but I would say that um, I want it to be a wonderful place for those eight granddaughters of mine. Oh, <laughs> that is beautiful. And, um, and you know, I think, I think there's a global awareness of what needs to happen in terms of preservation of the planet. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, there's a lot of cliches that you can go on about in that regard, but in very simple terms, if everyone does their bit, then, you know, maybe, just maybe, the world will be a far better place. Where creativity could be a career, you know, actually, you know, thinking laterally mm. is okay. Yeah. And not sticking to the rules, etc. And, and, uh, Thank God I experienced that because that just changed my life completely and I, and I find mm. that invigorating and I kind of feel like we're all born creative. Kids are all born creative. We all start off that way, but we're all being kind of controlled. <clears throat> Some people like you fight against control mm. and being told what to do uh, and like myself. And, um, you know, we, we get there, but other people who, are, who kind of adhere to the rules, you know, mm. Keep, but everyone is creative. Yeah, they are. Yeah. It's like, but it's so sad that people have shifts. People can in their life shift away from that thing, which actually gives you so much spontaneity, joy, expression, so much, an outlet, and also around knowing what you like and don't like. Like at a young age, that that's kind of there. It's beginning to there, and then yeah. you kind of well, hang on. Other people are trying to influence you what you what you should do or not do, or what you like, what's right, what's wrong, and then you get confused. And there's a period of time I had. Where I just didn't know what I liked or not. I didn't know what was right or wrong. I didn't know what I liked, what I didn't like. It took a long time to kind of yeah. find that again. It takes a long time, and I think you're growing every day still. Yeah. You know. I think subconsciously, it actually does take our clients a while to actually understand why they came to us in the first place. Mm. But they always get there. And in the end, uh, I would say this of all, almost every single client we've worked with, we always receive a really beautiful handwritten letter um, or email that um, confirms that. And they never talk about the kitchen and they never talk about the bathroom. What they talk about is the intimate experiences that they're now having within that space. Um, And one of our, I think one of our number one moments in uh, our studio's history was one of our clients sent us again a handwritten letter and it was uh, their top 10 things that they loved about the home. Nice. And it was all about experience. It was all about being able to sit down with their children. Uh, it was all about um, the ability and and the function that the home has to kind of allow those moments in life. And that's what we talk about with our designers a lot. We're not creating a kitchen to cook. We're creating a kitchen that you're going to hear that your child is pregnant. You're going to find that your parent has just passed, you're going to find that you've just got that job, you've just lost that job. Like that's what these spaces actually are. Um, And that's what we always get back uh, when we complete a project. And it's usually three, six months in, and it's really lovely because it just confirms like that's the way that we think and that's the way that we design. But ultimately, you know, it's really about, you know, humanizing architecture. You know, the humanizing design, it's, it's really important. And again, we talked about we live in this fast, fast life and you know, in the digital age, we really need to preserve this quality. And, it, and the, one of the important yeah. qualities, the emotion, 
this. I really do. More and more I do architecture、mm-hmm. to be able to express it, you know, to be able to draw people's emotion is increasingly important because you look around, there's no emotion in, in the built environment anymore. It's just this,、mm-hmm. you know, call it box after boxes of,、uh, you know, copy and paste, you might have called it. And,、um, Yeah. You know, this、uh, one after another, this very efficient, you know, commercialized economic models, like ideal、mm. way to make money. And that alone does not really speak out to you. And this is where I think、oh. that we talk about nature. Of course, you go out to nature. I don't know, you generate yourself. You just simply be happy outdoor in, in the forest、yeah. or touching the water, you know, or swimming、mm-hmm. uh, out in the ocean. All of this really makes you happy. So, why can you bring that quality in design and, and, and somehow integrate that in architecture? Yeah. Can you tell me how you design happiness? <laughs> yeah, very important part. I think, you know, really、uh, one of the principles that we really put. A lot of passion, and you'd call it love. A lot of our product、mm-hmm. uh, has uh, you know, human touch and, and、uh, made with love.、Uh, that's, that's really great. It's a bit like a food, isn't it? Like you, you prepare and then you、mm-hmm. really select、uh, the produce that, that goes in and make sure that, that it's organic or whatever that you, you become obsessed with、uh, is part of giving love. And, and then when, when you collect and you put a lot of passion and care, of course, people will feel your. You know, dedication and the commitment and,、uh, and, and, and,、mm. and, and, and our love to another person. And,、uh, and design definitely can、uh, play that role. Today, if you ask me my motivation, what、uh, wakes me up in the morning and get up and go to work and drive myself,、uh, really, it's, it's really about dealing with this、uh, climate change matters. And,、uh, and in our construction industry, contributes to. Uh, 40% of greenhouse emission. And, and this、mm. is be- getting way too serious、uh, to ignore it.、Yeah. And, and this,、uh, in one way or another, we, we or I or we cannot resolve the whole problems, but certainly we can see the way we can reverse this problem. you know And I think in more and more, I, I gain and practice years after years. I feel like what we do is reversing. You know, and then and, and you talk about, I talk about three P's. So one is the profit people of the planet. So the profit is、yes. really not about making money, but it's really about how you bring it back, including the local businesses, because we are in a, such、yeah. a globalized entity. And,、uh, but how、yeah. can you include the local businesses, right? And the people, of course, we are becoming increasingly privatized. How do you then give back to the、uh, public domain? The planet has become another matter, and this massively motivates us and drives us. You know, this climate change matters, which you know, our industry contributes. How can we reverse it? You know, so this,、mm-hmm. this is really an important motivation and、uh, equally the balancing act. That's really cool. And, and I think Take Three just shows it's, it's less daunting than a lot of organizations. You, do, you don't have to do a huge amount, and that, but that little, that little bit、um, makes a massive difference, doesn't it? Yeah, and, and that's, I guess, the, the key to Take Three. It's the simplicity behind our message that you as an individual、uh, have enormous power to make a difference. And it's not just by the actions that you take.、Um, and we can talk about those actions, about you know, you know, picking up three pieces of rubbish, you can stop using single use plastics. But it's also 
about the storytelling around that. So if you share your story about why you're doing it and what you're doing and then you inspire others to do so, that's when we get that ripple effect that we hear about and the multiplier effect. So each of us as individuals can make changes in our behaviour Mm-hmm. And we can influence and inspire others to do so. And if you think about that, like Take 3 is now in 129 countries. And if you think yeah, about crazy. everybody doing that, everyone sharing their stories, that's when you see the real change happen. And that happens again in communities and that happens again in our work with businesses. So we may have an event where we'll have 56 CEOs, business leaders, attending a cleanup event they feel inspired by what they see and the action that they've taken on that day. They take it back to their workplace and share that story. They bring their own businesses on board and then they share it with other businesses and all businesses kind of want to link up and do the same. So that's why a simple message can be really, really powerful. Uh, Every small action you do actually has tremendous power and you really have to believe that because I think... Mm -hmm. You know, we're living in a time where it is it can be tremendously overwhelming. You've just mm. got to watch any of David Attenborough's latest films about the future of the planet. Yeah. And, you know, I watched one last night and you just think, oh, gosh, you know, and you watch it with your kids and you try, oh, you know, there's hope, kids. And I really do, uh, and that's why I work for Take 3, believe in the power of the individual to change their behaviour and influence and inspire others to do so. And that's how you build a movement. But for me, you know, the, the, you know, off the sound, I, uh, I had enough money to, to feed myself for the rest of my life and my family. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, it, it was very clear to me that the next, if I was going to do something else, it needed to be, you know, a good company that makes money because I, I love business, mm-hmm. but secondly, also sustainable and changing, you know, mm-hmm. be part of the change. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, being part of the, uh, uh, you know, be inspirational and show that you can do good business uh, and uh, be sustainable. Mm-hmm. Because we need to prove that it's a lot of uh, people who says like, you can't combine this, but I do believe that uh, we don't we don't have a choice we need to combine it mm-hmm. and i do believe that it's the only way forward for designing life in 2022 we're going to revisit an idea we started to explore in the beginning of the pandemic we're going to help you to redesign your life We'll be updating my original Design Your Life book with thoughts and strategies from experts on how to redesign your life for this new world we find ourselves in and how we can all make small changes to feel happier about the health of our planet. We all need help in redesigning our lives to be better, whatever that means to you in these challenging times. And we'd love to hear from you. What do you want us to explore on the podcast? Who would you like to hear from? What would you like to learn about? Visit link in our podcast description to contribute. And finally, I'd like to say thanks to the team who've helped me produce this podcast. Producer Luca Frost, writer Sarah L. Clark, audio editor Louis Frost, and designer Hugo Deal. I really want to thank everyone who we worked with in 2021 and wish you a big, bright, and beautiful festive season and a happy new year.
and stay safe. Well, actually, we've got a vacuum cleaner that you strap onto your back and you oh buckle God. it up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but the problem is, is when he is sweeping and vacuuming and that deadline is looming, he looks like he's in complete bliss. So I always akin him to a, a Teletubby. So it just makes me so furious because he looks like he's got no cares in the world, although I know he's doing it out of stress. <laughs> and you're stressed out like crazy watching yeah. this. Oh, my, watching that and the clock. Yeah. So it's, it? very, it's very Freddie Mercury. Yeah. Mindfulness. <laughs> well, you know, we're, we're getting a few things done. We're getting getting the floors cleaned and, you know, de-stressing me. Hey, you know, I think that's, you, I think that's the thing, guys, because, I mean, I, I do the same thing. I, like, I, I start <laughs> rearranging bookshelves or vacuuming. I got this Dyson animal thing the other day. Oh, my God, have you tried that? That's awesome. No, let's talk about that, Dave, because, I mean, I, I think that that's actually a thing, and I think it shouldn't be something that's, like, frowned on, because I always think, oh, my God, I'm, what am I doing? I'm deflecting. I'm, I'm procrastinating. I'm kind of removing myself from the problem, and I'm doing something which I find really mindless and easy, and I enjoy it, you know, tidying up or vacuuming or whatever it might be, painting, um, or doing an easier task, an easier job. Do you find – so do you deliberately remove yourself from the hard thing that you can't solve – into yeah. a space of comfort, right? Definitely. And I think, you know, wearing so many hats during the day and working across so many projects that um, ultimately I think it's natural that one wants to default to the easiest thing and, and avoid, you know, tackling the hardest thing. But to be honest, I think earlier days I was procrastinating a lot and I think even at uni I was a massive procrastinator mm-hmm. and I always leave everything to the last minute. Uh, but I definitely think it's a uh, I've learned to uh, overcome that purely because um, you know time is money and yeah. and time is precious if you know we're, we're working across these projects. But uh, I definitely think I've become better at that and have been sort of training myself to become more um, focused in those areas. Still love to procrastinate and still focus on other things. I think that um, I, I used to, procrastination is seen as a negative thing, but if it's, I used to find that it was because I didn't know what to do. I was looking for an idea or ideas and kind of, you know, spending that time to kind of work out what was the best way forward. And a big, but it can be intimidating because if you feel like, oh my God, I'm failing because I don't, I can't get this thing done because I don't have the solution. It starts to work against you, doesn't it? You start to feel like, oh my God, I'm no good at this or... Mm. I'm never going to solve this. Why am I feeling this versus spending the time and energy on solving the problem? And I found that over time, if I had a whole bunch of projects on, that's why I say yes to everything. If I have a whole bunch of things on, I create the situation where I have multiple layers of projects that at times other parts of the projects are easier and I jump into the easier one and get some stuff done there and then I get confident again and go back up to the harder problems. I don't know if you find that. But it's not procrastination. I'm just trying to find an answer. But you're a designer. It's impossible. Because you see so many things during one day. Yeah. How can you love just one thing? That's profound. Oh, shut up. I love a cactus. There's a cactus (laughs) I've got on my doorstep, which I absolutely love. Um, No, a lot of research, a lot of looking at Instagram, looking at all kinds of the options. It's like, how do you choose the thing? It's hard. Like, is it? Yeah. For yourself. It's not hard for someone. Is it hard when it's, you do it for other people? No, because they've given you a brief. 
the worst thing about doing something for myself is that I never sat myself down and said, what do you want? I never said that. Okay, how did you do that then? Just go on. How did you choose that butterscotch table? When you think what's happened from those early days of being on the drawing board with your pins and HB pencil, uh, you know, 50, possibly 50 years, well, what do you think the next 50 years could look like? Like, can, well, you imagine, can you imagine what that might be like? Well, I can't imagine what 50 years is going to be like. I can't imagine what tomorrow is going to be like. <laughs> but, Damn. Um, <laughs> right, okay. Well, that's disappointing. But look, but, <laughs> but look 